You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network as we come to you once again today for a very special bonus episode on our exclusive coverage of Third Watch. You've already seen posted today our interview with Michael Beach that we had back in 2012. A similar one back from the archives of my uh, former radio show in Hobart, The Brink, which is still a podcast, by the way. We're just not on air and radio anymore. We still podcast it, if you're a fan of kind of some of the material we post out on that. Uh, Anthea Ivovar, uh, interviewed back in 2013, of course, played Carlos Nieto in Third Watch and um, had the distinct honour of being able to chat with him uh, about a variety of different things. Uh, It was a little bit different to our Michael Beach interview in the fact that this one was kind of through publicists and sort of organised a little bit differently, but still able to chat to him briefly about Third Watch in this interview. It's a little bit shorter than the Michael Beach one. Uh, This one, of course, uh, really revolved around uh, Anthony's role in Beware the Batman, where he voices uh, Bruce Wayne and Batman. So, uh, kind of, you hear a lot, little bit of conversation in regards to that, some of his other career moves as well. But, uh, I mean, if you're not familiar with Anthony's work outside of Third Watch, or perhaps you're listening to this again and you don't watch Third Watch, so you're not sort of aware of his role in that. Again, he's someone who, similar to Michael Beach, he's been in a variety of different things. He's one of these faces that I feel you would know if you have, um, if you see him or if you Google his name. I mean, film credits, I think, probably best known for his role in Starship Troopers, uh, also in Tropic Thunder. He's been in the Adjustment Bureau, so he's been in a few different things. But TV-wise, similar to Michael Beach, a lot of recurring roles over the years uh, outside of Third Watch. Um, American Horror Stories had a couple of uh, key roles in a few seasons of that. Southland, you would have heard us mention a little bit of uh, Southland over the the episodes on our Third Watch one. He's been in that one, as I obviously mentioned. But where the Batman, uh, his voice is Batman in that series. Uh, and of course, uh, Bird Notice, you would have heard us talk a little bit about that with him and Kobe Bell uh, being in one of that. But also Criminal Minds, Chuck, CSI, NCIS, uh, Scream as well, the, the reboot or the TV version of that as well. So definitely a few roles here for Anthony, and this was a fun chat. As I said, this is back from 2013, so this one's uh, just a little bit newer than the Michael Beach one. And I should have mentioned in our Michael Beach chat, in case you're a little bit confused about the five questions that I asked Michael, and you'll hear me ask them here to Anthony, uh, it was a recurring segment that we had on the brink that we would ask a set of five questions to our guests, just to get a variety of different answers. So just in case you were wondering what on earth those were. But anyway, here is my chat from The Brink back in 2013 with Anthony Raivava. How you doing, man? Great to be here. Fantastic to have you on the show, mate, because I just want to say straight away that I never thought in my life that I could say I'm interviewing Batman, which uh, I think is actually kind of cool. And I, I could imagine for yourself it's still a bit cool every now and then to stop and think that you are Batman. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'd ever uh, been able to say that uh, I am Batman. Yeah, so... We're both kind of tripped out by it. <laughs> <laughs> How much of a Batman fan were you growing up? Was he always your favorite superhero? Absolutely. I, I grew up watching Batman, um, you know, way back from the Super Friends, uh, which is a drastically different Batman than the one we're doing. But uh, definitely, you know, got into Batman then and then got into the comics and the artwork of it. And, um, you know, when uh, the video games came out, I was in the video games. So Batman's always been, you know, top one, two superheroes for me. Mm, I think a lot of uh, young boys growing up, it, it definitely is. Uh, but where are the Batman focusing a lot of the earlier days of Bruce Wayne and the character of Batman? How have you found the reception so far to the show and also particularly your portrayal of the uh, iconic role? Uh, well, first of all, the, you know, we have 
it's such a huge temple property that anytime you're doing a new, and anytime there's a new voice or a new take on the Batman, you're going to encounter, you know, uh, a lot of heat or a lot of scrutiny. Uh, luckily, everyone has been incredibly responsive to me as the voice of Batman, um, you know, kind of putting me up there with Kevin Conroy, which to me is, is you know, really uh, humbling and, and, and amazing. So I, I couldn't be happier with the response that people have had with me as, as the voice of Batman and Bruce Wayne. Um, the show itself, um, you know, people were kind of hesitant about this, this new idea of a younger Bruce Wayne, uh, a younger Batman without uh, Robin, uh, without the Joker, kind of exploring new um, villains, you know, a new rogues gallery if you will. Um, so people were hesitant, but I think once, or I know, that now that the show's started airing and they're, they're seeing, you know, I think they're like five episodes in or something, people have really taken to it by storm and are really loving seeing all these new villains um, that Batman's encountering. And it's really cool because it's the first time that a lot of these villains are being animated, A, and B, you're also seeing the genesis of Batman's interaction with these with these villains. So you kind of get this uh, really cool history that you haven't ever seen before. Mm. Um, and it's also really nice, in my opinion, to see Batman, you know, kind of younger. Uh, he's not this grizzled, uh, hardened Batman, you know, indestructible Batman that you see in the, in the Chris Nolan films. So it's a precursor to that where you see um, you know, him putting himself in harm's way, not making the best decisions all the time, uh, and, you know, kind of going rogue, you're going on edge uh, at some point. So it, it has some darker elements that I find, you know, exciting to do for Saturday morning cartoons and really kind of push the envelope and not talk down to kids um, and kind of give them really good stories that are frightening and spooky and uh, interesting and exciting. Hmm, I could definitely see that. Do, does your house start to fill up then with Batman merchandise, and is there going to be a, a Batman, where are the Batman uh, superhero figurine for you to uh, sort of model after yourself there, Anthony? <laughs> yeah, there's actually a, a Beware the Batman uh, figurine that's out. I think it's coming out or it's out now. I haven't actually seen it on the side yet. Um, so I think once that comes out, then there'll be, you know, the, the Batmobile and maybe the Batcycle and a couple of the other roads, I think Anarchy and things like that. Um, but I haven't I haven't gotten confirm, absolute confirmation on those, but uh, I think they are in the works. Mm, that would be kind of cool. I could imagine uh, as an actor, I think if I was to ever go into that route, uh, I'd always sort of want to play some sort of role where I have an action figure made after me, because I think that really shows you've made it, doesn't it? <laughs> I think so. I think so. But I have three kids, so you know I'm going to be playing with those action figures <laughs> and having to actually do the voice. So I might not ever get that. <laughs> do, do your kids ask you much to come home and sort of uh, keep doing the Batman voice? Yeah, they suspect that my daughter has me read uh, bedtime stories in the voice and <laughs> the whole time. Uh, it's pretty funny. Yeah, that would be definitely fun. How have you found voice acting? I mean, do you find it much different to sort of live acting? Um, the basic pr- principle is the same. Uh, however, the way that it, that, that it goes down is, com- is completely different. Um, it did take, um, you know, I, I'm new to this world, um, so it took 
some time for me to adjust to the way that it's done. But at its core, you know, there's the same thing. Um, you know, you're just doing everything with your voice rather than with your physicality. Although, if you did record it in the studio, you'd, you'd think they're pretty nuts sometimes with, you know, the throwing punches in there. Or Somali, who plays Katana, you know, she's holding a sword, she's, she's holding a sword, you know, she's swinging it, she's jumping around. You know, it's, uh, it's pretty funny. Mm, I suppose uh, you don't have to spend as much time in makeup you know, as well. <laughs> that's a that's a genius thing. It's like you can go in, you know, you could uh, you could be quite naked in there. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, maybe next time uh, that could be a, an alternative way of uh, recording as Batman, recording naked. <laughs> yeah, just recording naked only the cow, the different cow. <laughs> yes, yes, that works. Uh, what what initially drew you uh, into acting, Anthony? Was this sort of something that you'd always wanted to do when you were younger? Um, well, my father is a musician, and so you know, I was always uh, I was always around kind of entertainment, whether it's uh, you know music, music theater. Uh, my uncle was uh, uh, you know on Broadway, so I just kind of grew up on the road. I grew up backstage. I grew up you know in the lighting booths of clubs. I grew up in Vegas. I grew up in Hawaii. I grew up you know kind of touring. Um, so you know, entertainment kind of was always in my background mm-hmm. uh, so so when I wanted to go into straight drama um, I mean it kind of started because I went to an all male academy and they were holding auditions at the all girls academy for a play so that was kind of like the best thing <laughs> girls at the time uh, but uh, beyond that you know I thought that I had been supported by my family because they're all in the uh, entertainment industry and then I uh, ended up going to Boston University School for the Arts studied you know, uh, Shakespeare was speech and uh, just, you know, did kind of the classical training route. Um, and then once uh, I graduated from DU, moved to New York and lived in New York for about 13 years and, you know, just acted and did my thing out of New York. And then um, about seven, eight years ago, moved to LA. Mm, yeah. Well, some of your earlier films, uh, White Fang 2 and Race the Sun, I remember growing up. Race the Sun was one of my favorite movies growing up. I think uh, having a bit of a connection uh, here to Australia with that film. What was it like in that movie? And do you have uh, sort of fond memories filming it here in Australia? Yeah, that was so much fun. Um, it, it'll go down in, in um, my mind as you know, one of the best experiences I've had so far seeing a movie. Uh, to be in, we were in Sydney, Australia uh, for three months. We were in Broken Hill for mm-hmm. a month. We were in Alice Springs for about three weeks. Uh, we were, uh, you know, we, we really got to go all over the place and stay in places that, you know, I never would have been able to uh, hang out in. Um, and I just had such an amazing time. And it's a great, you know, it's just a great kids' film with uh, young Halle Berry and Jim Belushi and uh, it's really, and Casey Affleck. And it, yeah, it's pretty hot. Eliza Dushku. So all of us have kind of, uh, a kind of, all of us kind of uh, went on from there. So, you know, we had a really cool, core cool cast. But actually, to this day, we still kind of hang out. We kind of see each other every now and then or hit each other on Twitter or something like that. Right. So it, it, it was a really great experience. I remember learning a lot about solar cars in that film, and I think it kind of uh, made me want to go out there and uh, do that myself. But uh, down here in Tasmania, it wasn't a whole lot of solar cars because we don't really see the sun that much down here, so I was a little bit lost without it. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's true. It was a bit of a shame, uh, really. But, uh, it was really cool. We actually had some working, we had some working models on the show. Um, so it was pretty wild to, uh, 
you know, to be driving those things. Yeah, um, I could see that, absolutely. It would have been hot. very wild. Yes, very hot. I mean, do you sort of have to get used? Do you climatise to that sort of weather? I mean, coming from Hawaii, though, is that something that you're used to? Well, I was, yeah, I was born and raised in Hawaii, so I'm kind of used to that. But, you know, the, the Red Center has its own climate, so... Mm-hmm. It doesn't like, I mean, it's very hot during the day and then it drops really quickly. So, you know, everyone on the crew is just telling me, you know, layers, layers, layers. So you can layer up in the morning and then shed during the day. But the crews in Australia, are the, I mean, they're, they're, they're hilarious. They, the minute we got off the plane, they kept running for that drop bears. Ah, yes. It happens, it happens. Come on now. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> Every time um, I walk to work, I just get attacked by a drop bear, left, right and centre. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yes. Now, uh, after that, uh, some other films, a particular one, Starship Troopers, that I mentioned at the start. Now, a uh, sci-fi action film like that looked like it would have been fun, particularly then that you get yourself killed by a giant alien bug. How was that to film? <laughs> that was hilarious because um, we shot that scene right after lunch. <laughs> uh, so apparently, you know, they're like, you know, hold off, we're going to get your stunt guy to do it. They basically built the head of a bug on the on the top on the front end of a crane, and they just kind of used the crane to like lift and drop and lift and drop and shake. Uh, but all of a sudden, you know, they're like, "Hold off, we're going to get your front guy to do it." But about half an hour later, they're like, "Okay, you're up." You know, which I thought was really fast. So they hooked me up to this thing, put me upside down, had me screaming bloody murder, dripping blood in my face, and you know, we did cake after cake and. So finally, I passed out. Like I just saw black, and the next thing I remembered, they were they were kind of like taking me off of this crane and, and coming to. They're like, "Man, you lasted a lot longer than the stunt guy." <laughs> <laughs> I just get thrown up and passed out like in the first minute. I, you know, I, I, I hung out for about ten minutes up there. Mm, wow, but, uh, that was pretty pretty intense. Mm. That whole show was great because you know, again, we had like a, a lot of cool young actors uh, that have all gone on to do stuff. Um, and we got to work with Phil Tippett, who's, you know, just master genius, uh, effects guy. With those bugs, you know, we were, at the time, the CGI wasn't as advanced as it, as it is now, so we were literally, you know, uh, attacking uh, stunt guys with, you know, carrying these two sticks with tennis balls on them. Those were kind of our eye lines, and they were kind of, you know, building or matting in the bugs uh, around these, these sticks and stuff. So it was, it was pretty wild. Mm, yeah, and you also uh, you showed your bum on screen too, Anthony. Did that draw in the ladies after that movie? <laughs> yeah, I, I showed my bum. And then they, they literally uh, put a sound effect of a fart in there too, so <laughs> it made it even better. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that definitely draws in the you were dreading, like from day one we were you we were dreading that shower scene. <laughs> um you know, we were supposed to make this statement about how it was like this co ed shower scene it was really cool, but you know, all the the actors and actresses just you know were were, were kind of terrified of the scene and that scene was a cover set. In other words, if it rained, you know, we'd go to that we'd go to that scene. So it could pop up at any moment. But, you know, all the uh all the women and, and guys, like, you know, didn't want to, like, they wanted to be worked out and didn't want to eat, like, just for the scene. So it was this, this kind of weight on everyone's shoulders once it finally, once we finally shot it, everyone could relax and talk up on donuts. <laughs> 
Yes, just uh, stop watching the weather and uh, hoping it doesn't rain. Now, you did some TV work after that in the late 90s, and a lot of people would remember you from, Anthony, particularly me. It's still my favourite TV show to this day. Uh, Third Watch, you played Carlos Nieto for uh, all six seasons. How did this role initially uh, come about, and was it kind of a big deal for you to sort of be part of the major cast of a, of a big TV show like that at your stage in the career? Yeah, it was pretty amazing. Um, I remembered uh, it was my first pilot season in L.A. I'd come from New York, and I had the opportunity to uh, go in on an Aaron Spelling show, and they were really high on me. But then John Wells Camp, who at the time was at the, you know, the height of ER, mm-hmm. you know, wanted to see me for for this role for Third Watch, so the way that the rules work is I had to choose which one I was going to go for, like, even though you didn't have either of the roles. So I had to kind of walk away from the spelling thing just to, just with the opportunity to go uh, to potentially work on, you know, a John Wall show, which I thought, you know, I mean, in retrospect, was the right choice. Uh, so I guess they'd been looking for Carlos for a while, um, went in, and by the time I hit the parking lot after the audition, they had they called and, you know, wanted to start negotiating, like, trying to make it happen. So, you know, I literally flew into L.A. to kind of do the a little bit of pilot season, and then the next thing I knew, I was flying back to New York, uh, you know, to do, to do the show. Um, and at the time, it was also set for, I think, 13 on air, so we didn't even, we knew shooting the pilot that at least we'd go to air, mm-hmm. which is huge. Um, and, you know... The show was just an amazing experience. We, you know, went through so many things together on that show. Six years longer than we did at college with, with people. Um, you know, we, we went to 9-11 uh, together. We went through, you know, so many, so many changes. We, you know, all had got married and all had kids. You know, mm-hmm. Lots of amazing things happened on that show. So, you know, we're lifelong friends. And uh, Bird Watch is one of those experiences that I don't, think you'll forget like for me it'll 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 be like my home yeah the home of my experience in the business yeah, well, uh, we had uh, Michael Beach on the show last year and we spoke to him a little bit about uh, that and I was uh, intrigued sort of about the ride-alongs that you would have done with the, the paramedics to kind of prepare for the role. How how was that, kind of seeing that in person and do you sort of have to find yourself taking notes the whole time thinking, oh, I've got to use this in this scene and I've got to use this in this scene? It's the toughest, that was the toughest part of the, the, the job. I mean, the, the bullets and the medical and all that stuff was, was really difficult. I mean, luckily we had really good tech advisors. We did a lot of ride-alongs uh, up in Harlem. Um, you know, we just ride with the paramedics all day long. So it got to the point where, you know, if on the show we were reaching into a bag for uh, a certain type of medicine, we knew what, you know, what we were grabbing. And it got to the point where it, it just was sort of second nature uh, to us. And, you know, we just kind of, we just, do it. I mean, it's it's brutal to, to look at uh, in terms of uh, dialogue. Um, my wife, Yvonne Young, who uh, ended up being on the show uh, the last two years, uh, who was also a paramedic, I think I got to see it fresh from her eyes when she came in because she was like, oh my God, look at these bullets. Like, what is all this stuff? And so, you know, you really got to see kind of like how comfortable we became with it, but at the same time, how uh, difficult it was mm. um and then uh, as a side note you know my uh wife who i was married to already you know we became love interests on her 
on the show and they ended up getting married on the show. So mm-hmm. in our house, we have we have two sets of wedding pictures. We have a real <laughs> wedding and our third watch wedding. <laughs> well, I was going to ask about that. I mean, were that some of the easiest scenes you ever had to, to film with Yvonne, the, the the love scenes? I mean, I remember the one where you're sort of laying in bed and you're, I think, talking about a cat, I think it was. Well, it's bizarre because, you know, you're laying there and, you know, we're so comfortable with each other. You know, we're kind of talking about, you know, bills or laundry or, you know, scheduling and, you know, they're pulling focus, you know, to her chest or my back or my butt or whatever, you know, they're, they're like measuring the, the shot and getting the lighting right. You know, it's just kind of business as usual. But, you know, at the end of the day, you kind of stop for a second and you go, oh, this is really bizarre. You know, we're like laying in bed as a couple uh, getting paid to do so. So it's pretty cool. It's yes. It's pretty amazing time. So just on a lot of, lot of levels, they're lucky is uh, uh, pretty amazing. Do you have a favorite storyline over the six seasons you were on it for? Um, I think, you know, things really came in... I, I have two really favorite storylines. One is, you know, the storyline with my uh, daughter mm-hmm. that I ended up having to give up for adoption. I think that really kind of... Uh, you know, Carlos was such a... You know, he's kind of a, a paramedic who doesn't care for people, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, uh, which is a really interesting contradiction to play. Uh, but he's so hardened. Uh, as as a human being, it was really nice. That storyline was really nice to see that kind of that facade wear off and really kind of dive deeper into the soul of who that person is. Um, and um, you know, just soften the character up um, uh, and give him a, a, another dimension. Uh, and especially since he was adopted himself, you know, it's kind of was a really heartbreaking thing to to go through. Um, and I think the second storyline that I really loved was, you know, after he'd, he'd kind of passed through that looking glass after that whole event, he became a soft character. Um, and then when he found Holly, uh, who is involved in my life, um, just, the, you know, him going from being a dog to kind of becoming a man and, mm. and really uh, having to take responsibility for a life and really kind of have a relationship with a woman and be accountable for his actions and you know, the most unlikely person that would, you know, that he would fall for, uh, he falls for. And so I thought that it made for some really fun uh, Carlos moments. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think uh, the wedding proposal definitely is one that was uh, very memorable. I'm sure that mirrored your real-life uh, marriage proposal to uh, to her there, Anthony. <laughs> yeah, no, that was awesome because I mean, it was so funny because I'll never forget that day Ed Bernero was directing and uh and, and the creator of the show and he started directing more and more uh towards the end and we started the rehearsal and we had everyone right together we had our size and say like, okay you know let's do the rehearsal and as we started rehearsing it you know like i started choking up and Vaughn started choking up and he he quickly went hey, stop 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 he's like let's roll the camera roll the camera roll the camera she's running around grabbing the cameras from people like trying to get the cameras rolling to just capture it and not waste it on a rehearsal. You know, you just got that emotion when it wells up and hopefully you're there to capture it. So uh, luckily we did. We just like, quickly got the, the, the cameras and, and, and got it in there. Mm. So that's the biggest moment. Like once, once you hit it, it's, 
it's there forever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a uh, it's a great scene. I was watching it on YouTube actually in preparation of this interview. And my, my, one of my favorite episodes in the entire show uh, was in season two, the whole Carlos centric episode, the self importance of being Carlos, because I absolutely loved the scenes between you and Jason Wiles, of course, who played Bosco, who was my favorite character on the show. I think that episode is easily in my top two favorite episodes. That would have been a fun episode to do. Right, that was that was awesome. It was really awesome. It was so much fun. Um, I think we did a whole season where one or two episodes for the whole season was totally about, you know, your character. So it was was like a movie, Mm -hmm. you know, and you really got to kind of break open the characters and explore. And me and and Jason, you know, off camera were great friends. Uh, And our characters, you know, once they closed together, it was like lightning in a bottle because (laughs) you've got these two kind of, totally broken human beings like it was just so funny and so heart-wrenching and 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 it was great you know so us going to that anger management thing was was genius Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i loved it i was actually flicking channels a while back uh watching burn notice and uh there was a scene i was watching where you were in a car with our fellow third watcher kobe bell who of course is on the show how was that kind of to be then on another show with uh somebody who really you had a good relationship you lived with him on the show and sort of you two were pretty much friends throughout the entire series it's awesome. I mean, it's such a great experience because uh, Kobe and I are like best friends. Like we still hang out. So you know, I I just I was just saying to him, hey, when maybe if I've got some time, I'll come visit you in Miami while we're shooting Burn Notice. We can just hang out. And you know, literally, I think that night, Burn Notice people called, you know, unbeknownst to Kobe, and said, hey, do you want to come and do this this role? And it's opposite Kobe, the whole nine yards. So I was like, absolutely. So, you know, generally when you're walking into um, guest spot roles, you've got a lot of catching up to do. There's the, the cast that you've got to meet and the crew that you have to feel comfortable with. And you have to do it all within, like, you know, two, two and a half weeks. Like, it's, it's, it's pretty quick. Um, but I had the luxury of having Cody there, so it was just so comfortable. And, and um, so I just felt at home acting with him that, you know, it made, I think, for an even better episode between him and I uh, on Burn Notice. Mm, it certainly was very good chemistry. I enjoyed it. We wrap up every interview, Anthony, with a set of five questions, which I'll get to in just a second. But before I do, there actually seems to be a bit of a, a Batman connection with Third Watch, uh, I was noticing. Because yourself, you, you're doing Batman right now, Buera the Batman. Josh Stewart was in The Dark Knight Rises. Of course, he played Finney on Third Watch. Michael Beach uh, has previously voiced Mr. Terrific in Justice League Unlimited. So there's all these connections that maybe in a couple of years when they do this Justice League movie, can we maybe expect to see you? as Batman, someone like Kim Raver as Poison Ivy, and I, I really think Skip Sardis would be great as the Penguin. <laughs> I think we should. Uh, I think we should put that on Kickstarter. <laughs> yes, yes, actually, be, good I thinking. Think be, I think that would be an awesome pitch. Like third watch as the Justice League, <laughs> the whole thing would be awesome. Yes, yes. Who would you kind of have then as as Robin? Um, I don't know. Would you have Would you have Jason as as Robin? He'd be a bit too aggressive for Robin, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> never want to be Robin. No. want to be Batman, but he's Yes, yes. Well, we'll think about that one. As I said, we wrap up every interview with... Uh... He's a good, good flash. Yes. Yes, actually, he would be. He's a great flash. Yes. I'm liking it. Well, I'm writing these notes down, Anthony, so I'm just going to borrow that one, and we'll put it on Kickstarter. We'll see how that works out. I'm sure it will take off. 
Um, let's, yeah, not, <laughs> let's not deny it. Of course, it's going to take off. Uh, we wrap up every interview with uh, five uh, questions. Just a bit of fun way to end it. One of these I will have to explain to you because it was based off an Australian advertising campaign. But uh, question number one, Anthony, what is your favourite type of cheese? Favorite type of cheese. Mm. Um, soft cheddar. Soft cheddar, right. Yes. Now, do you like it on sandwiches? Do you like melted cheese? I mean, how do you like your cheese? I like my cheese... Uh, I like my cheese on nachos. Ah, and yes. I like my cheese on pizza. So that would be uh, that would be uh, melted. It would be yes. I think more people need to answer nachos. Uh, I love cheese on nachos. Uh, question number two. Now we had an advertising campaign in this country about five or so years ago for toilet paper, where they asked if you folded or scrunched when you went to the bathroom. So Anthony, when you go to the bathroom, do you fold or scrunch your toilet paper? Fold. Fold. Yes. Yes. You look like a folder. <laughs> I'm a folder. Yes. I'm a folder. You're never going to go to the um, bathroom the same way now that you know that uh, that advertising campaign. Yeah, I, I'm just thinking of, of the, the Sean and Bear. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, question number three. Uh, growing up, who was your childhood celebrity crush? Phoebe uh, Cates. Ah, right. And, okay, then. Okay, okay, that's an interesting one. I think we've had her uh, answer before. How was the extent of the crush? Did you have posters? Did you kind of, you know, obsess over her daily? Um, I, I think I had a poster of her. I had, a, I definitely had a poster of Heather Locker. I remember that. Mm-hmm. But Kids and beat her out. Um, I think I just just paused and rewound that scene of her coming out of the pool like a whole bunch of times. <laughs> yes, that, that, that does it. Uh, <laughs> question number four, also growing up, what was your dream job? Astronaut. Astronaut. Yes, I think every uh, yeah, yeah, young boy does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's the zero gravity, the cool suit, the rocket, fast, mm-hmm. all of that. And uh, I wanted to be an astronaut until my grandmother told me that uh, if I was an astronaut, I'd lose all my hair. Oh, Okay. Okay. And then she said, look at all the look at all the astronauts. They're buzzed, and they're all they don't have hair. But you know, of course, the young to realize it's just because they were older guys. Now. <laughs> 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 yes. Good luck on that. <laughs> well, you got plenty of time, Sylvia. You can just act again as an astronaut. I mean, Starship Troopers. You kind of were, but um, there's time. Uh, and the final question for you today. That's why I like sci-fi. I think I love I love sci-fi movies because of that. Yes, yes. You you get to play sort of your, your boyhood dream. Uh, the final question for you today, Anthony. Uh, what is your worst habit? My worst habit. Mm-hmm. Uh, worst habit. Potato chips. Ah. I love potato chips. All kinds of potato chips. Like I'll just eat. Sometimes I'll eat potato chips with pasta. Wow. Okay, then that's an interesting way of eating them. Yeah. Do you dip them in I the pasta or? Bowl, a big bowl of pasta. Yeah, I'm a big bowl of pasta, and then have like a bag of chips next to it. <laughs> that's that is dedication. And then here's even. I'll take it one. I'll take it one step further. Sometimes I'll even. Sometimes I wipe my hand on my top. <laughs> that that's I, I do that. I, I'm I'm not going to lie. I do that too. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're normal people, okay. Anthony. People shouldn't judge us. Absolutely not. And again, similar to what I said with Michael, it's four years old, but once again, thanks to Anthony and to his uh, publicist and team for arranging that, and uh, definitely think that, as I said with Michael, we should try and get him back on the show again, maybe uh, just have a bit of a chat about how things are going and everything along those lines, so... Um, yeah, fantastic honour to chat with him and uh, again, just as such a fanboy of Third Watch to be able to say that I've spoken to two of the main cast members and, and the partners, of course, in uh, Carlos and Doc, uh, Anthony Rivera and Michael Beach, who, to my knowledge,
Savage are very good friends in real life as well. So uh, that's good to hear. And as I said as well in our Michael Beach one that I played before, uh, we do look forward to getting some of these guys on the show in the future and trying to arrange some other interviews because that's obviously what we would like to do with a lot of these uh, guys and girls and crew and everyone else involved in Third Watch. So uh, stay tuned. We'll see what we can do. And also staying tuned, of course, because uh, Season 2 next week, we're going to bring it to you. Uh, we've teased it. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks, obviously, since we've uh, ended Season 1. But uh, maybe, to me, the best season of Third Watch. Just such a an amazing season of television. And so uniquely done, so uniquely crafted. We've got probably the best episodes in this entire season throughout this season. Uh, and just such a such a fun ride Season 2 is. So we're looking forward to covering that one. We might have some other people joining us throughout this season as well so stay tuned for that and uh, plenty of things to get to uh, as always get online subscribe to us on itunes spotify and stitcher no matter what service you use like us on facebook follow us on twitter we're on instagram we're on youtube we're everywhere we are the Oz network so uh definitely get involved with us and uh make sure you stay tuned for more third watch coverage and outside of third watch not just third watch of course uh nip tuck lost uh survivor movies uh we've got everything covered we're entertaining you that's our job here on the Oz network so stay tuned but uh thanks again to anthony thanks again to everybody for listening my name is ben this has been the Oz network and we'll speak to you soon Good night. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.